Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Dr. Anthony Fauci plans to step down after decades as the director at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. But Republicans say that won't stop them from investigating him if they win control of Congress this November. NTD's Iris Tao has more. And the CDC. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top doctor who became a household name during the COVID-19 pandemic, as many people vaccinated. is leaving office after five decades of service. In a Monday statement, Fauci says he'll step down in December as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and as chief medical advisor to President Biden. He stresses that he's, quote, not retiring, but pursuing the next phase of his career. President Biden praised Fauci on Monday, saying his work has touched all Americans' lives. Gain-of-function research has the potential to unleash a global pandemic. Fauci's retirement, meanwhile, comes as Republicans vow to investigate him over allegations that he funded virus research in Wuhan, China. Again in 2014, Dr. Fauci gave another grant to DASIC for SARS research in China. DASIC partnered with who? the Wuhan Institute of Virology. A slew of Republicans said Monday that Fauci's resignation won't shield him from a probe, with Senator Rand Paul vowing, quote, a full-throated investigation into the origins of the pandemic. And House Minority Whip Steve Scalise saying Fauci will have, quote, ample time in retirement to testify. Fauci, meanwhile, said this last month. Investigate me for what? For telling people to get vaccinated? For telling people to wear a mask? If they want to investigate me for that, Go ahead. And while Representative Andy Biggs accuses Fauci of, quote, conveniently resigning to avoid accountability, Fauci has previously denied that pressure from Republicans would cause him to quit. So because there are a lot of people who have ideas about conspiracies and, and changing minds and flip-flopping, that's not a reason to step down. Not at all. Reporting by Iris Tao, NTD News. Here to assess the announcement of Dr. Anthony Fauci's retirement, we have Rick Maida, Georgetown University Professor of Health Law. Rick Maida, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Rick, some pretty surprising news today. Dr. Fauci uh, says he will be retiring in December. Uh, this comes after him recently saying he may stay on uh, for the remainder of President Biden's term. Uh, why the sudden change of heart, do you think? I think Dr. Fauci, like all of us, sees the writing on the wall. And that writing happens to be poll numbers. I think Dr. Fauci is nervous. The fact that this election coming up in the midterms is going to flip the House and Senate back to Republican control. And he's going to have to answer some very tough questions, some questions that have gone unanswered since the start of COVID. Gain-of-function research, funding to the Chinese Communist Party at the Wuhan lab, how the virus came about. And the failed response to COVID, uh, lockdowns, American lives lost to a crushed economy. Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I think are making Dr. Fauci, who's been sitting in his uh, ivory tower for a long time, very uncomfortable. Rick, the CDC has just issued a self-critique of sorts uh, on, on itself, uh, basically in how it handled the pandemic. Do you think there's some infighting going on within these agencies that the general public might not be privy to? You know, it's been clear that the Biden public health response and the public health team uh, doesn't know what the left hand and right hand are doing. Uh, we see that with these consistent declarations of federal public health emergencies. Uh, take monkeypox, for instance. 
Monkeypox has been around longer than Dr. Fauci has been a bureaucrat, and that's more than 50 years. Uh, and so how did it become a public health emergency? Simply because there was improper planning, uh, lack of vaccine, lack of treatment, lack of a, of a response. It was a failed response. And so uh, there is a lot of left-hand, right-hand issues going on between the CDC, the NIH, the FDA, uh, without proper controls in place. And uh, yes, I do think that there are uh, a lot of questions that still have gone unanswered with uh, many of our public health response. And put differently, if monkeypox is now a public health emergency, it leaves open the door for literally any virus to become an emergency. Interesting point. Now, Rick, to, to your point that you just made there with a with a fresh start, if you will, uh, what would you like to see out of the next person who uh, takes Fauci's position and where do you think the agency can improve? I think there's a lot of room for improvement. In fact, starting to rebuild the integrity of our public health system starts with Dr. Fauci retiring. Uh, and I think many of us in the public health and medical community are uh, happy that there's going to be a turning over a new leaf uh, starting out. The first step is that anyone who comes into his place and takes control in terms of leadership with any public health agency uh, has to respect the laws of our land. They have to respect constitutional rights, uh, and they cannot use public health as a pretext to pause individual rights and constitutional liberties afforded to all Americans. Not only does that crush American spirits and livelihoods in our economy, it crushes the public health infrastructure and trust that Americans place into these agencies in order to improve our public health. So being transparent, being accountable, being honest and being open, uh, those are really some of those soft factors that uh, many of us are looking for in terms of who takes on the leadership uh, in this role. Rick Mann, I really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Pleasure. Congressman Buddy Carter joins us now to discuss the fentanyl crisis as well as Dr. Anthony Fauci stepping down. Congressman Buddy Carter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Congressman, Dr. Fauci uh, has announced his retirement. Uh, congressional Republicans have been vocal about investigating many things, uh, including the gain-of-function research being done at the Wuhan lab and ties to uh, Fauci's NIH. With Republicans likely to take back the majority, do you think this played a role in his decision? Well, I, I don't know what played a role in his decision. I suspect this did. It should have, because I tell you, Come next January, when we get into the majority, oversight and investigation, particularly into the origin of the uh, of this virus, is going to be on the top of our list. And Dr. Fauci has, has been inconsistent. He's flip-flopped. He has declined to even look into the possibility and the probability, if you will, that this started in, a, in, in the Wuhan labs and that it was a result of gain-of-function research. Dr. Fauci has... has resisted that and, and and not wanted to participate in that, well, now he's going to have to answer questions before Congress. Listen, the only better news I could have gotten today, other than the fact that he's retiring, is to, that he would have been fired. But nevertheless, I'm, I think he better have plenty of time on his hands come January, because we're going to be wanting to talk to him. Congressman, you mentioned uh, Dr. Fauci flip-flopping on, on issues. An old video of uh, Dr. Fauci has resurfaced about him talking about natural immunity, basically unequivocally saying that the best form of inoculation is to have gotten the virus. Uh, yet when asked recently uh, about COVID-19 and having natural immunity, he hasn't really answered the question directly. This has a lot of people asking questions. Uh, why do you think uh, he 
answered it this way? You know, that's a good question because, and, and that's the problem. That's why people have lost faith in, in his leadership is because of the fact that he's flip-flopped on so many issues. And this is a perfect example of it. I mean, look, I got vaccinated. I went through the clinical trials, wanted to set a good example. I've had COVID. I've had the antibodies as well. So and it, we've always known that the best source of defense and, and to build up immunity is through having the, the virus itself. We we know that is the case, but with him flip-flopping, that's what's led to the deterioration of, of confidence in, in his ability to lead. So, you know, this is good news for America because we need to take the politics out of health care. He has inserted politics into health care, and, and I think that's going to be his legacy, and it's not a good legacy at all, the fact that he put politics in the, into our public health care system. Now, you're saying that he will be called to testify, Senator Rand Paul uh, also um, saying this as well. Um, with him retiring, is, is there a possibility that the, uh, the scope or, say, the vigor of an investigation uh, will be affected? I certainly hope not, because this is important. We need to understand. We need to understand the origin of this. We need to make sure that this never happens again. And we can only do that if we understand the origin of it. Look, I am no fan of gain of function research. You know, Albert Einstein said long ago, the only thing worse than ignorance is arrogance. And I consider gain of function research to be nothing more than intellectual arrogance. It has no place in our society. We need to make sure that we're not doing this again. And if indeed this did come from a leak in the Wuhan lab, then China needs to be held responsible. There's no question about that. I want to get your thoughts, Congressman, on another issue, if I could, uh, the fentanyl crisis. Uh, it's Overdose Awareness Month. You're a pharmacist uh, as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this issue plaguing the country? Listen, this is a this is a national epidemic. Uh, there's no question about it. And the drugs that are coming across that southern border, you know, we we I think most people look at the southern border. They focus on the illegal immigrants who are coming across. I get it. I understand that is important for us to pay attention to that. But the illegal drugs that are infesting our communities and it's every community, even in my district in South Georgia, we've got some counties that have gang activity directly related to the Mexican cartels. The amount of fentanyl on this in this country right now, enough to kill every American seven times over. We're hearing horror stories, just awful stories of, of people taking pills that have been laced with the fentanyl and dying, especially young people. We had over 107,000 deaths last year due to overdose, many of them due to fentanyl. This is something that we've got to bring to the attention. Please don't ever take anything that you don't know where it came from, that you don't know that it came from your pharmacy, from your doctor, but make sure that you do not take it unless you know it came from a healthcare professional like your doctor or your pharmacist. Very important advice. Congressman Buddy Carter, thank you. Thank you. Olympian Anthony Watson was canceled by mainstream America after expressing his conservative values. His sponsorships were revoked and main source of income gone. Despite the hardship, he's calling on other young adults to overcome the intimidation of cancel culture. Here's what he had to say in an interview with NTD's Melina Wisecup. Um, so I wanted to ask you about your story. So I heard that you were canceled. Uh, your sponsorship from media co uh, corporations, I mean, big corporations canceled you because you came out in support for conservative values, because you were uh, contributor to Turning Point USA. Can you tell us about your story? 
So in a brief summary, what happened was two years ago, December 2020, I was here at two years after the 2018 Winter Games in the height of COVID. And I was literally just posting photos and videos of being at the Turning Point event. And I was sponsored by Rain Total Body Fuel, which is an offset of Monster Energy drinks. I was sponsored by a clothing company that was giving me a hefty paycheck to make sure that I had enough training. And then when they found out that I was there, they started questioning why I was there. They didn't really appreciate me being there. And then when my contracts ended, I never heard from them again. And then when I tried reaching out to them, they weren't interested in working with me again. That just sheds light on how much our large corporations have been infiltrated by this socialism, communist ideology. And if you don't subscribe to their beliefs, they will take action against you. And I, you know, I heard one other interview you did. You said you actually went through an experience where you were homeless after that period of time because they took your funding away simply for being a young conservative. So I, I wanted you to take us, if you can go back in that headspace and take us back to that moment. Uh, what was going through your mind at that time when you got the news? Oh, I was afraid because... I was, you know, that that was paying for my housing, that was paying for my coaching, and when all that got taken away, it, you slowly started seeing everything that you were training and working with disappear. And so I was living in my car for, you know, two weeks to a month before I decided to, you know, swallow my pride and come back home to live with my parents uh, before trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life, you know. And at the age of like 30 at the time, you know, no one really wants to admit that kind of stuff. Nobody really likes going through that kind of stuff. But, you know, that was my experience for simply being here, not even speaking. Now that I've spoken, I've gotten a lot of heat and a lot of flack from a lot of other big corporations and a lot of other people that, you know, have deemed me dangerous or have said not to work with me in the future. You spoke about politics in one interview that you did. You said that, I want to get the quote right because it was very interesting to me. You said the world cannot be fixed with the problems of politics. We're in problems right now because of politics. It goes deeper to the heart of the individual. I really appreciate that quote, and I just I hope you can unpack that for our audience a little bit. What did you mean by that? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, like, if you're looking for politics to fix the world's issue, it can't, because politics in today's world, what they've become is less democracy, more self-entitlement. So that's why you see all of these under-the-table deals going on. You see all of these bills that these politicians that make for a trillion dollars, and, you know, all of these things that they send overseas that siphon back through, you know, unfiltered and washed accounts that come back to them, they're getting richer, and it's just like you look at the communities they come from and it just doesn't add up. How in the world are you going to be pulling for this much change but the pieces that you come from are the worst places in the United States? And so I tell people that it's it can't be politics that fixes things. It has to be the individual because you at the end of the day are the one that processes the information. You're the one that moves with it. And the power of big tech isn't just shutting people down that speaks. It's paralyzing people from wanting to speak out because of what they see people doing. So when the individual becomes big enough in their own heart and mind to take whatever is dished at them, no matter the cost, then that is big tech's worst nightmare, and that's what they're trying to suppress right now. So thank you for your words of wisdom, and we really appreciate your time. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.